restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, 
I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. Good morning and God bless you. We're so glad to join together in worship and praise and receiving our guest today, Sadie, as she ministers the word to us. So right now we're going to start with praise and worship.
Jesus. There is no chain in Jesus. There is no darkness in Jesus. There is no shame in Jesus. We receive all of that in you, Lord.
to every need we have. You are the solution to every problem. You are the most high God. You are higher than it all. And we worship you for you are here. Hallelujah, Jesus. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring. When you walk into the room, every heart starts burning. And nothing matters more than just to stand at your feet and worship you. Oh, let's sing that again. Jesus is in this room. You walk into the room, everything changes, darkness starts to tremble at the light that you breathe. You walk into the room, every heart starts burning, and nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you.
your voices and tell Jesus how much you love him. Tell him why you love him. Receive his love. Some of you need to receive his love. He loves you so much. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we receive your love. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, marvelous. Oh, how marvelous are you. Oh, thank you for loving us tenderly. Thank you for loving us richly. Oh, thank you, love, Lord, for loving us with gifts. Thank you, Father, for loving us and holding us in your arms and wiping our tears from our eyes. Oh, thank you for anointing our head with oil. Thank you that we are never apart from you. You are always with us. Thank you that you lead us and you guide us in paths of righteousness. Thank you that you sing joy over us and songs of victory and deliverance. Thank you that your love casts out all fear. Thank you that you say you are my accepted child. I accept you. I love you. I adore you. Do you know how much God loves you? He created you in your mother's womb. And he wrote a book about you before you were born. Oh, Lord, thank you for writing a book about us. Thank you for speaking us into our mother's womb. For such a time you have placed us here on earth. And we say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We adore you. We adore you. We adore you. Lift up your voices and sing praise and love songs to Jesus. God cannot do for you. Right now, thank him for doing that one thing you've been waiting for. Oh, thank him for doing that one thing you were waiting for because now he delivers it to you. Receive it. Wait no longer. love to share with you. Oh, linger longer. Linger longer. Holy Spirit, we have ears to hear what you say. world has 
but my peace, my peace I give unto you. I give and I give and I give unto you my peace. My peace that passes all understanding. My peace guards your hearts and your minds. My peace, my peace I give unto you. You are my children and I give you my peace. Thank you, Lord. We receive your peace, and we thank you for your peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love and for your peace. Thank you for your love and your peace. You're going to have to help me out here. (laughs) We have a great God, do we not? He's more than enough. He has great fire, great love, but his joy. And the mighty son, Jesus, we're thanking you. And we're, we're going to be going over. Shoo. <laughs> it's great. Mm. We're going to say our God is a, is a consuming fire. Yes, we're, we ask you to join us. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll do this again. Say. So, our God is a consuming fire. He upholds his word. And we worship him alone. The fire of God is his glory. It is holy and pure. We respect, honor, and reverence his holy fire. God's fire sets our hearts ablaze with a love that glows. A faith that ignites and a devotion that consumes. We hate sin, the fierceness that burns, and we rejoice in God with a radiant joy. The fire of the Lord will guide us through darkness and cause us to triumph over our enemies. God comes with fire to, to comfort and encourage and empower us to execute judgment on our foes. Life is a fire that has been ignited within. It burns in our hearts and our burns. We are the flames of fire. Says we will not let his holy flame go out, but we'll keep our lamps full of oil and burn bright in him. A victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. Proclaim the uncosmic word of God to build a strong body of believers and encourage relationships and a loving atmosphere. We hate activate God's word in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. A Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Okay. 
God is so good. It's so good. Okay, so two announcements. Just for this week, we have Air Force, our youth group, on Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And then this Wednesday, we have Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30. So we, we look forward to you being here with us. And then your offerings and your tithes, you can bring, there's a container at the bookstore, there's one in the hallway. You can also give by um, a card in the bookstore or you can give online. And before I announce our guest and welcome our guest, we have Kids Life for Upstairs and Toddlers in the hallway. So you are dismissed. We love our kids, and we bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. And thank you, teachers. I think they forgot to look where they were going. That happens to me sometimes, especially now. (laughs) Okay, we are super excited to have Sadie Krills with us again. Some of you might remember she was at one of our ladies' teas, I believe, or a women's conference. I forget which, a women's conference. And we are glad that you were able to come back with your family. And I'm going to allow her to introduce her family. But I do have a sheet. I told her I have a whole page about you. (laughs) She's eager to hear Uh, Yes, so we're grateful to have you with us. Sadie Krills is a graduate of Rhema Bible Training Center, which reminds me that's why she's here, because Pastor Doug and Pastor Fiona took Gabe and Sean to Tulsa to start their first year at Rhema Bible Training Center. And they will be back with us this week. And also, on that note, today is Pastor Doug's birthday. So let's say happy birthday, Pastor Doug. We thank God for him, and we are eager to have him here with us. He, I think he usually says he goes from glory to glory. It's how he celebrates his birthday. So we celebrate that way, too. Back to Sadie. She is a licensed minister with both Rama Ministerial Association International and the Worship Center. She is a faithful and active member of the Worship Center. I remember her when she was serving as the missions director. And I know at the Worship Center, she did that for many years. And she did a marvelous, awesome job of ministering to people around the world from the Worship Center and coordinating all those details. She has traveled to many countries throughout the world, speaking in Bible schools, leadership conferences, and churches. And recently you've been involved in Sierra Leone, where um, Sadie has been helping to establish life training centers, training teachers and leaders, and teaching Bible courses. Her passion, you ready? This is like when I teach the kids upstairs, I'm like the true and false. Stand up if it's true. (laughs) Sit down if it's false, right? Your passion is to help people discover their God-given gifts and to see people's lives changed as they discover the truths of God's word. 
and we are expecting her passion to happen in our hearts today. So welcome, and God bless you. Hello? There we go. Okay. Well, it is very good to be back uh, here. And, um, yeah, wow. That song, I Speak Jesus, just brought the presence of God right into this room. I cry when I speak sometimes. (laughs) But Jesus, Jesus is what it's all about. And I'll tell you what, when we speak the name of Jesus into our situations, it brings peace. And it brings his love and his grace into our situations. Thank you, Jesus. So thank you for singing that song. That's one of my, I love that song. We actually, I think they just sang it at church last Sunday. And um, it's just an awesome, awesome song. I speak Jesus. So remember that. Remember that when you're going through life and you face difficult situations, speak Jesus. Jesus brings life. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 We could just speak on the name of Jesus and we'd be fine, right? Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, um, yeah, so uh, like she said, I've been, I was here a couple years ago and Enjoyed our time, um, but before we get into the message, I did want to um, introduce my family who's here with me today. My husband, Dave. Mm-hmm. He's my protector. Can you see why? <laughs> and then I have um, my daughter, Lindy, and her husband, Phil, who are here with us today. And... My precious little granddaughter, Everly. Come here, can you give Grandma a hug? This is my little granddaughter, Everly. (laughs) I love her so much. (laughs) She's going to follow me, huh? (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, let's get into the Word of God. Amen. Are you ready? Come to receive the Word of God today? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for uh, your word. And I thank you, Lord, that as we dig into your word this morning, that we will receive nuggets of truth that maybe we haven't seen before. And Lord, if, if we know everything already that's being shared this morning, Father, I pray that it would be quickened to our hearts again. And uh, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you that you'll help me to deliver the message that you've put into my heart that I believe is a word for us today. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, in today's world, there seems to be sometimes it seems like things are just spinning around us. Do you ever feel like that? You ever feel like that? Like time is just slipping by so quickly. And there's so much that happens from day to day. I mean, in the world, let alone in our own lives, right? And, you know, it just seems like sometimes we get so busy. We just get so busy running around. 
And we feel like there's not enough of time in our days. In the 24-hour day that God gave us. Have you ever said to somebody, or maybe you said to yourself, I just don't have enough time. Anybody ever say that, or am I the only one? But you know, God gave us 24 hours in a day. If he thought we needed 36 hours, he would have given us 36 hours. And then we probably would have said, I just don't feel like there's enough of time. Right? But you know, I've been thinking about this and pondering on this a lot lately. And especially in, you know, in light of everything that's happening in our world. And, um, you know, these times are unprecedented. And I think it's during these times that we need to, in spite of everything that's happening, we need to enjoy life. Right? We need to enjoy the life that God gives us. And I think sometimes we tend to forget that. We tend to forget that God placed us here on this earth to give pleasure to Him. Hmm? You know, we don't have the time, have the time to enjoy the little things in life. We get anxious. Am I the only one that gets anxious every once in a while? Hmm? Get a little bit worried sometimes? Wondering what's going to happen, wondering how things are going to end up? Wondering what's going to happen to me? Well, you know... You know, God doesn't want us to live that way. Do you know that God has promised us peace? I like that word this morning. Peace and joy every day of our lives. It doesn't matter what situation you are facing. You can go through it with peace and joy because of Jesus. Amen? Amen? He never intended for us to run around like chickens with our heads cut off. No. I don't even know why that expression, but I, it paints a picture in my mind because I used to live on a farm when I was growing up, and we would butcher chickens. And so we would chop their heads off. That sounds gross. But we'd chop their heads off, then we'd throw them in the yard. And they would go slutting around without their heads. They would go flittering around and go every which way, and all of a sudden they just go, Pleh. But God doesn't want us to be that way. No. You know, He doesn't want us running around crazy and wild all the time. Right. He wants us to walk in peace. He never intended for us to be worried or anxious about the future. He never intended that. You know why? Because He's got the future in His hands. He never intended for us to be so busy that we don't think we have time to rest and be at peace. His intention for us was to live life here on this earth with peace and joy every day of our lives. So today, I want to talk about rest and how the rest that God intended for us, how that can affect our lives. As we walk in it. The title of my sermon today is, Are You Resting? Now, I'm not just talking about, 
you know, laying down in bed and going to sleep. Okay, it's a little bit more than that. So let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I want to start reading in verse 1. It says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Hmm, interesting. For this good news, that God has prepared this rest, that's the, new, the good news, that God has prepared this rest, has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them, he's talking about the children of Israel. He did, but it did them no good. Now listen to this. It did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. In the, I think it's the King James Version, it says, it did them no good because they didn't mix it with faith. This rest, we're talking about the rest that God promised. For only we who believe can enter that rest, can enter his rest. Only we who believe. Are you a believer today? Yes. Are you a believer today? Yes. Then this rest is for you. If we believe that it's for us. Got that? Yes. That's what it says. This is not me. This is the Bible. Yes. As for the others, God said, in my anger I took an oath that they will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been made ready since he made the world. We know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. And we're going to find out today what that rest is. God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news, here it is again. Those who first heard this good news failed to enter because, what does it say? Because they disobeyed God. In another version it says because of their unbelief. They did not enter into the rest because of their unbelief. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. In other words, receive it. Receive it, believe it, and receive it. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. Hmm? So, there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Now, remember earlier it says that that rest is for us who believe. Okay? So, he's talking about today. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So, let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. Wow. That is a... Whew, scripture. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a convicting scripture for me. So let's talk about this a minute. In Genesis chapter 2, we're going to go back to that. Genesis chapter 2. Uh, let's see. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. 
says, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work, from all his work of creation. Now, did God rest because he was tired? You know, did God say, oh my, I am so tired. I just can't make another star. I just, I am so tired. I just can't make another tree or another blade of grass. I'm just so tired. Can you imagine God like that? But what does it say in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, where is it, verse um, 28? It says, God never grows weak or weary. So God didn't rest because he was tired. And he just needed, really needed that day of rest. No, that's not why he rested. That word rest there means to desist. To cease, to make, to rest, come to an end, to be still. And I love this. It's right in the Strong's Concordance. That word rest means celebrate. When I saw that, I was like, wow, no wonder God rested. He was celebrating what he made. So it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like I can just kind of picture God on the seventh day. He pulls up a chair and sits back and puts his feet up on the chair. And he says, wow. And he begins to celebrate because he had created a perfect world. Everything that he created was perfect. Everything that he created, I believe, was thought through. I can imagine him possibly spending Lots of time thinking about this creation and how he's going to create it. And then when it was all finished, step back. Wow. He probably said, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, me. You know? <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like an artist. I had pictured this. It's kind of like an artist when they paint a picture. My, my daughter, Lindy, is an artist. Both my daughters are artists. And so when they paint a picture, you know, they're painting all of this and they're, you know, they're painting everything and all these little lines and strokes and, you know, everything. And, you know, oh, it just needs one little bit there. Oh, it just looks in the one little bit there. And after a while, they put their paintbrush down, not because they're tired and the paintbrush is so heavy, but they put the paintbrush down and they just step back and, hmm, perfect. Not one more stroke to be added. Or like a lawyer in the courtroom who says, I rest my case. Not because he's tired and, well, maybe he's a little tired physically, but not because he's tired and just, you know, just wants to go sit down. I rest my case because I have nothing else to say. Everything's done. Everything's completed. That's God's rest when he talked about resting on the seventh day. 
Everything that he created, that word rest there also means complete. So when God created the earth, it was complete. He never again created another tree. Think about this. You're like, I can hear you. I can see your little wheels of your mind going around. You're thinking, he didn't? Think about it. God never again created another ocean. He never created another tree. He never created another animal. Why? Because he thought all of this through. What does it say? Every living thing was created with a seed to reproduce itself. So God created everything so perfectly that he never had to do it again. If you don't think that there are seeds that come after something is created and it keeps, keeps receding and keeps receding, you know, just look at the gardens. We, this spring, we cut down several trees in our yard, okay? And um, now there's all these little trees popping up in our yard. Why? Because there was seed still in that tree. God created the things to, to recreate. So when God created the world, it was complete. And that is what he, on the seventh day, he rested from that, from his work. Now, I think it, I was kind of uh, meditating on this a little bit. Uh, let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Even human beings, he told them to multiply. Hmm? Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given you every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over everything he had made, and he saw that it was very good. This was on the sixth day. So God created man on the sixth day. Not the first, not the second, not the third, not the fourth, not the fifth. But the sixth day, the day right before he rested. He might have done that for a reason. He maybe, if he would have created man on the first day, maybe man would have said, well, why don't you do it this way, God? Or why don't you do it that way? Man might have gotten into his way. That's one thought. But the other thought is, on the seventh day, God rested. It was man's first day. It was man's first day here on this earth was the day that God rested. And I like to think that God created this whole world, this whole earth for man, for you and I to enjoy. Yeah. 
And we enjoy it because he rested and finished his work. And I like to think that he wanted to enjoy the earth that he made with man for a long time. Hmm? Now, we don't, scriptures don't tell us how long Adam and Eve fellowshiped with God in the garden. It doesn't tell us how long. You know, when we read through Genesis chapter 3, it tell, talks about the creation of, of, of Adam and Eve. And then it, you know, it, right the next verse or whatever, it says that, you know, Satan was more cunning than all of the serpents and all of this. And, he, and Satan came to destroy and to take away what God had created and to mess it up. But there could have been time where God enjoyed this earth with man before Satan came to destroy it. I don't, we don't know that. But it was God's intention that he would enjoy this earth and walk with man here on this earth to enjoy what he made. So he rested on the seventh day from his work. He, de- he blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, the Sabbath. That's where we get the Sabbath. Now the, ver- the word blessed there means to divine, t- the verb is divine speech that dis- bestows success or prosperity. Talking about the Sabbath. bestows success or prosperity. Hmm. The noun is an oath that results in prosperity, peace, freedom, and safety. So, when we don't take a Sabbath, are we missing out on the blessings of God? I thought you were talking about rest. I am talking about rest. So just as God rested, we too can rest if we believe. That's what Hebrews tells us. I have three main points to my sermon today. The first one is God has finished the work for us. Now we need to rest and connect with him and allow his completed work to be complete in us. God has finished the work for us. Now we need to rest and connect with him and allow his completed work to be complete in us. So God created and completed the work of creation in the same way. And this is what we need to rest in today. In the same way, he has finished the work of redemption for us through Jesus when he died on the cross. That's what we rest in today. It is finished, the work of creating the way for us to be saved, to be healed, to, be, to walk in victory, to, to be complete. It's finished. In other words, God created that way for us so that we could have this redemption. And Jesus said, it is finished. The work that God did for us is finished. Hallelujah. Are you getting that? It's finished. Like, we can't add to it. He doesn't add to it. He doesn't take away. He has provided that way for us. And now all we need to do is sit back, rest in the fact that God has provided it for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4 says, By his divine power, 
God has given, has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given. Now, if God has given something, he's already given it, right? And God is no respecter of persons, and he doesn't take back what he's given. So if he has given it, then it's already ours, right? Well, it's there for us, right? Like if I give somebody a gift, if I would give Nadine a gift, I can give her the gift, but she has to reach out and take it, right? So that gift, if she doesn't reach out and take it, I'm like, what's wrong with you? I have a gift here for you. What's wrong with you? Why don't you take it? Okay, fine. If you don't want it, I'm going to sit it right here, right here beside you. You can pick it up. It's yours. It's yours. See, God has given us. He has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Hallelujah. God's already done the work. And through that completed work of Jesus, we can become new creatures. New creatures. God makes us complete. Did you hear that? God makes us complete. And we are just as complete. Get this. We are just as complete as Jesus. that the Father gave to Jesus, he gave to us. 1 John 4, 17 says, as he is, speaking of Jesus, as he is, so are we in this world. If we are a believer in Jesus, we are like him. We're actually in the same position as Jesus. Y'all know that. You've probably, being at Victory Christian Fellowship, you've probably heard this, Right? Ephesians 2, 6 tells us that we are seated with him in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 1, 20 says Christ is seated in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, Christ is seated in the heavenly realms right beside the Father. And it says we are seated with him, with, with Jesus. Now, what is seated? You're all sitting. You're resting. <laughs> You're sitting while I'm here. I must be working. No. But seated, being seated in heavenly places, isn't that a position of rest? Huh? Am I right? You know, when you're tired, physically, you want to either sit down or lie down. Am I right? So that tells me that our position in Jesus today, our position with Jesus, we are in this life from a position of rest. Wow. That's good. <laughs> That's good. So my question is, are you resting today? Or are we trying to do things in our own strength? 
When we're not at rest, we don't rely on the fact that God has already done it. We don't accept that fact. We don't try to get healed. Now hear me out. We don't try to get healed. We are already healed. And we can rest in that truth. So many times, you know, I hear people, you know, they're all uptight and, you know, every little, they feel a little thing in their body, oh, you know, and it's like, what's going on? I just don't know what I'm, what can I do? What can I do? And the last person they go to is God. But instead of trying to get healed, as we've seen from scripture, God has already provided that and he is resting. He is resting so we can rest. A number of years ago, I had just a little example of this. I had uh, awful warts on my feet, on my one foot especially, like all over my foot. And I'm like, I don't have to put up with this. They were ugly. And so um, I just said, God, thank you for your healing. You know, I, I believe that, you know, I've received my healing. And about, I don't know how much later, but, you know, I would put my shoes and socks on or whatever. And, and maybe, honestly, after I received God's healing, I kind of forgot about it. Seriously. I didn't like every day, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? Nothing wrong with confession, with confessing our healing. There's, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that okay please hear me but there is a rest that I believe will take us higher and so I like I said I kind of forgot about it and the one morning I was putting on my socks and this was before I was married like this was a number of years ago and uh, I had a roommate named Kathy and uh, I looked at my putting my socks on and my foot was totally clear Totally, not one wart. And I'm like, Kathy, Kathy, come look at this. (laughs) But that's what we need to do. We need to just rest in the fact God has provided us healing. Rest in that fact. I want you to get that today. Get that today in your hearts. That there is a rest that God wants us to operate in. Now, of course, there is also a natural kind of rest that we need. Our bodies can't just go on and go on and go on. We, we all know that. And I believe that God, in addition to the spiritual rest that he's talking to us about, there's also a principle of natural rest that he is showing us. In Exodus chapter 20, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. This is one of the Ten Commandments. Ever think about that? We would never think about killing somebody. We would never think about all the other stuff that's the Ten Commandments. But what about the day of rest? Hmm? How many of us work seven days a week and then wonder why, you know, nothing's happening? Look at what, in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, look what Jesus said about the day of rest. It says, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath, I never saw this before this week when I was studying this. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people. 
The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Isn't that freeing? The Sabbath, it's not like, oh, we have to, we have to, we have to just keep all these laws. No, the Sabbath was made. God wanted us to be at a place of rest so we can see and we can receive from him, physically and spiritually. God set a pattern for us to work six days and rest one. If we work seven days a week, we're saying we don't need the blessing of the Sabbath and we'll eventually burn out. I don't know. I mean, I've experienced busyness. I'm sure we all have. Maybe some of you are in a season right now where you're just, you're just so busy you just can't even like think straight. And that's what happens to us when we don't take that rest. Then what happens sometimes is it seems like we're just spinning our wheels and nothing gets done. See, I believe that God gave us six days a week to work. He wants each of us to have one day of rest. And he, the assignments that he gives us, can be done within the work allotted that he gave us. He doesn't ask us to do something that is beyond the time that we have to do it. Hmm? So, let me ask you a question. If you are constantly feeling like you're so busy, so busy, so busy, so busy, you just, you're just spinning out of control. Maybe, just maybe, you're doing something that God has not told you to do. Ouch. Hmm? But if we operate our life that way, you know, life will become foggy. We won't be able to think clearly. Health will deteriorate. I'm talking physically now. Our life will not be full of joy and peace. It'll be full of stress. You know, the difference between living stressed and living blessed is rest. Spiritually and physically. You know, um, yesterday we were we're redoing some of the, our home, and we're putting some new floors in our in our house. And so uh, <laughs> yesterday, the we had to do a little sanding. I was doing a little sanding, and um, and all this dust was in my office area. And so you know, I opened the windows and everything, and I had my glasses on, and. Um, and I, this was a couple hours later. I thought, why is it still so dusty in here? And all I could see was dust. <laughs> and so I realized, I took my glasses off, and I'm like, oh, no, my glasses are dusty. So everything looked dusty. But that's how, that's how our life can become if we don't take the time to rest. And everything just looks dusty and foggy. The difference between living stressed and living blessed is rest. Okay, let's move on. Point number two, God speaks and gives direction to us through rest and stillness. God speaks and gives direction to us through rest and stillness. So many people today are looking for direction in their life. And they're going around, I just don't know, I just don't know, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Well, shut up and listen to him. Get quiet. Look at Psalms, uh, verse uh, chapter 23. I love this psalm. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest beside green meadows. Now, when I picture green meadows, 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 when I picture green meadows, I think of peace, calm, right? You look out over a green pasture and it's all green. It's just so inviting, so peaceful. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, some uh, translation said the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of mine enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely, goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Now, all of those verses following uh, verse 2, it all starts with the Father leading us beside still waters. Still waters. That literally means restful waters. So our shepherd, the Father God, our shepherd, he literally wants to lead us to a place of rest, a place of trust, a place of confidence, a place where we can rely on him, a place where we can focus on him without any distractions. That's what he wants for us. Have you ever pictured Jesus or God running around frantically? Hmm? I think if we, if he did, if they did, we probably wouldn't want to follow him. Am I speaking the truth? Matthew eleven twenty eight says, "Come unto me, all you who are all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, come unto me." Jesus speaking, "Come unto me." So Jesus is our rest. Our shepherd leads us to this place. Are we following him? Are you resting today? In the quiet place, he speaks and we can hear him. Jesus, many times, took off to a quiet place, took off to the wilderness to spend time with his father. You might say, well, I just don't have time. You don't have time not to. Hmm? I just don't have time. I can't carve out any time in my day to get off for a little bit and rest beside the still waters. You don't have time not to. I know for myself, if I don't have that quiet time, after a while, I am just like, I, get, I feel myself, literally feel myself getting depleted. I feel myself getting grouchy. God don't want that. He wants us to live a life of peace and joy. In the stillness, there is rest and there is peace and we can hear God's direction in his voice. First Kings 19, I'm not going to read this, but this is the story when Elijah, you know, he was running away from Jezebel. Do you all know that story? 
after he had just had the greatest victory and all the prophets of Baal were killed. And then he finds out that Jezebel is after him and, he's, and, and she wants to kill him. So he runs and hides. Here's this prophet of God who stood up to them just a few days before. And then he's being worried and all afraid because of Jezebel says she wants to kill him. He said, they killed all the other prophets. They're going to kill me too. So he runs and hides in a cave. And God says, what are you doing? Then he goes and tells God what happened. You know, they killed all the prophets. They want to they try and kill me. So God takes him up on a mountain. He says, get up here. And so then God, it says that there comes a whirlwind, I think, first, right? A whirlwind, a strong whirlwind comes across, mighty windstorm. And it says God wasn't in that. Then an earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. Then a fire. It says God wasn't in the fire. Then what? A still, small voice. A sound of a gentle whisper, it says. And it says God was in that. And in that... I can imagine Elijah, after all of this fuss and this stuff that was happening, I can imagine all of a sudden this quiet voice. And he's like, oh, what's that? Oh, wow. That's God. He's speaking to me. And then in that quiet voice, in that sound of a whisper, God gave him direction as to what he should do next. He said, God speaks to us in the stillness and the quietness. I, Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Isaiah 30.15, this is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me, you will be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. When we get quiet before God, he'll tell us secrets. Hmm? God will show us things to come. He'll tell us secrets about our life. He'll tell us things that we're like, oh, wow, I didn't ever even thought about that. Well, yeah, I'm trying to speak to you. You just get quiet and listen to me. I'm telling you, so many of us, this is missing in our lives. But God will tell us secrets. He'll show us what to do. He'll give us direction. But we need to get beside the still waters. We need to lean into him and hear what he's saying. I was reminded of my little granddaughter, Everly. Very, very, probably six months ago when she was only six, eight, nine months old, I would tell her, Everly, can mama tell you a secret? And at first, you know, it was just, you know, just, and, and she didn't know what was going on. Now, <laughs> every time I say, can mama tell you a secret? She'll lean in. She'll lean in. And that's how we need to be with God. We need to lean into him because he wants to tell us secrets. A secret is something that it's only between you and him. And a secret you can only hear when you're quiet. You don't, you're not supposed to blurb secrets to others. Right? So through the stillness, we receive peace and strength, and we receive the rest. 
Point number three, and I'm winding down. Each one of these could have been a whole sermon itself, but point number three, authority. And I, this, I'll tell you, give a little background on this. Uh, maybe about a month ago or a couple weeks ago, we were at a retreat, and um, early in the morning, very early in the morning, I was kind of sleeping, kind of not sleeping, you know, just kind of one of those in-between things. And I heard this phrase. I heard this phrase. Authority comes from a place of rest. And I'm like, when I first heard it, I was like, authority comes from a place of rest. Is that really true? Is that right? So I did a little digging and I did a little, I was pondering on that for a number of weeks. Rest in knowing who you are in him. This gives us confidence in the authority we have over the enemy. Now, when you are resting, you're not worried. You're not taking care, taking your cares upon yourself. When you are resting, you are relying and trusting in God that he is taking care of it. I heard one preacher say that, you know, the fight is not ours. The battle is not ours. We've all heard that, right? The battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. Just like in Exodus, when the children of Israel were fleeing the Egyptians, the Egyptians were in hot pursuit of the children of Israel, and they looked back and they started complaining and all of this, and Moses says, no, be quiet. Stand here and see the salvation of God. Be calm. That's what he told him. He said, be calm and watch. Be calm and watch. So when we're resting... God is fighting our battles. And I heard one preacher say, God wants his battles back. God wants his battles back. So I was like, okay, okay, authority comes from a place of rest. And I thought of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. It says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Now, this is a, coming from a place of rest. Give all your worries and cares to God. How many times in Scripture does God tell us not to worry, not to be afraid? Hmm? Do you know that the word, that fear not or do not be afraid, do not worry, all of that, it's in the Bible 365 times. One for each day of our lives. Hmm? So I think it's pretty important. Because when we worry, when we carry our cares, we become afraid. Am I right? So here it says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. So there we're in a state of rest, because we've given all of our cares to God. And then right the next verse, he says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. The devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So when we're busy, 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 and we're not, we're not doing this, taking time to be this in the still, beside the still waters, we're not taking time to rest, perhaps we can't identify when the enemy brings something in front of us. Hmm? Stay alert. Rest will give us that alertness. And from that comes a place of authority. From that comes authority. We're like, oh, no, devil, you're not going to do this. Because we can identify it. We can see it. Because we're still before God. Does that make sense? 
also thought of Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And like I said, I'm winding down. Mark chapter 4. Verse, I love this. I love, love, love this, this story in the Bible. As evening came, <laughs> that reminds me. One time I was speaking at a, at a um, I don't know why I thought about this right now, but one time I was speaking at a at Bible school, and my other son-in-law, uh, Cody, he's six seven. He also does some teaching sometimes, and um, he was listening to me. And after the, because I, I just said I love, love, love this story. And after the teaching, he goes. I think you love everything in the Bible. You keep saying that. This is one of my favorite verses. I love this story. So anyway, I do love this story. So then as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind him, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. So in other words, he was very comfortable. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? In other words, you've walked with me. You've seen things. You have faith. Why didn't you just take care of it? Just let me sleep. But something stuck out to me when I was reading this in the last couple months and meditating on this. So Jesus, like I said before, Jesus went away to the wilderness many times to get into a quiet place before his father, okay? Now, granted, he just came off of a real busy day, so he was probably tired physically as well, all right? But he said... Let's go over to the other side. In other words, he was saying, we're going to get there. We're going to get to the other side. And he went and just believed that and rested in the fact, knowing that they're going to get to the other side, no matter what came. Okay? So then the storm comes, and Jesus continues to sleep. And something that I saw that I had never seen before was the storm is not what woke Jesus. You ever think about that? The storm is not what woke Jesus. It says the disciples woke him. Remember, he was sleeping on a pillow in the back of the boat. He had no idea what was going on around him. As far as he was concerned, he's going to the other side. So the disciples woke him. So remember that we are just like Jesus as he is, so are we in this world. So just like Jesus, just like Jesus was resting through the storm, resting in the back of the boat in a comfortable position on a pillow. I don't know why it says, you know, why does it say that? Why does it, why did it put that little detail in there? probably just wanted us to know that he was comfortable, right? He was comfortable knowing that he's getting to the other side, not worried. And we can be like that. That is God's promise for us today. 
He wants us to enter this rest. The rest of knowing that God has accomplished everything he's going to do for us. Did you hear me? God has accomplished everything he's going to do for us. We just need to rest in that fact. We need to rest in the fact that we are healed. We need to rest in the fact that he has given us the victory. And just like Jesus was asleep through the storm, we can be asleep through the storm. We can have joy. We can have peace through the storm. Not after the storm, through the storm. You know, I've had numerous situations in my life. You know, where things are just happening and I've been peaceful because I know that God is going to bring us through. Are we, ever, are we never going to have storms? No, we're going to have storms. Jesus said in this earth, you're going to have tribulation. There are things that we're going to have to deal with, but, but he has overcome because I have overcome. And just like he is an overcomer, we are overcomers and we can Sleep through the storm. I remember when my mom passed away a number of years ago. Actually, 20, almost 28 years ago. But I'll never forget this. I, I, um, you know, it was a very, very sad time for me because I was pregnant with my first daughter and um, with, with Lindy, who's here. And um, my mom had died on the second or on the first, second, I think. And I was due on the 7th. So it was, you know, so I actually spoke to my child, spoke to this little girl. I knew it was, I thought I was having this girl because I saw a dream of her a month earlier. And um, that was before, you know, you would find out what you're having and stuff, all that. But anyway, um, so it was a very difficult time for me because, you know, I wanted my mom to be here and all of that. And, so I spoke to this little child in my belly. I said, you're not coming out now because I'm going to my mom's funeral. So she willingly obeyed, you know, whatever. <laughs> Two weeks later, she came along. But anyway, um, I'll never forget, even in the rough time that it was and the difficult time and the very, very sad time that it was, one morning, I found myself singing. Why am I singing? I should be, should be sad. I mean, I was sad. But in the midst of the sadness, there was joy. And that's how the beauty of our God. In the midst of the sadness and the turmoil and the things that we go through, God wants us to rest in him. And in that rest, we have joy and we have peace. Because we know ultimately that God is going to get the victory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So are you resting today? Are you resting in his promises? Are you resting in the fact that he is taking care of you? Are you resting in the fact that he holds the future? Are you resting in the fact that he knows the future of your children. He's got your children in, the, in his hands. 
This is the Father's plan. This is what it's talking about in Hebrews. The rest that we can enter. The rest that we can have. It says it's for those who believe. For those who believe. So are you resting today? Are you at peace? Are you full of joy? That's the Father's plan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, um, I feel like we need to sing that song, I Seek Jesus. Can we do that? finished the work for us. Now we need to rest and connect with him and allow his completed work to be at work in us. He leads us beside the still waters. He speaks and gives direction through rest and stillness. And authority comes from a place of rest. You know, when Jesus was resting, when he was sleeping, you know, the disciples woke him up, and did he still have authority? He certainly did, didn't he? It says he spoke to the storms and told the wind to be still. So I just, I don't know, that song, as we were singing it this morning, I just felt like if there's a situation in your life today, more of the rest that God that we've talked about today. First of all, you need to make a commitment to get into that quiet place. But then also, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus brings rest, brings peace, brings joy. Hallelujah. Let's just, let's just go ahead and sing that over. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there's peace within your presence I seek Jesus
just allow God to minister his rest to you through the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. this is a time where there needs to be, you know, shouting the name of Jesus. I feel it needs to be the quiet peace of Jesus. we close I just want to give an opportunity that if there is someone here who does not know Jesus as their personal Savior I don't know all of you but if so could you just raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus as your personal Savior today thank you Jesus hallelujah well, I didn't see any hands so thank God we are all believers today, and we can enter into the rest that God has for us. Amen? So my encouragement to you today is, as you go throughout this week, make time. Make time for that quiet time. Make time to be in his stillness. To be in his rest. And allow the Holy Spirit to fill you with his peace, with his joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you.